Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Just before we bring aboard John Shannon, our NHL insider, I'm going to get to a text in our Ashley Fine Floors text line from Mick Mac Paddywhack. Bob, I think the NHL should have a 14-day close to the public Olympic-style tournament at a northern undisclosed location. Everyone gets a COVID test before they can participate. We are all jonesing for any sports. On that note, we bring aboard John Shannon. Hi, John. How are you? What do you think of that idea? Uh, Well, if you can't sell tickets, I don't know how you're going to do it. You need to be able to sell tickets. This is still a gate-driven league, Bob. Uh, and um, I just I just don't see it happening that way. I really don't. Okay. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm too practical. I'm sorry. And I'm I'm pragmatic and real. We realize this thing is certainly taking hold. Uh, you know, New York's in the absolute. They're in a tough spot right now. Yep. There's some challenges yep. on the West Coast. Canada, maybe bet some of the markets in the league that are Canadian that don't have a lot of international travel haven't got pounded as bad as some other markets. Like, you know, obviously Montreal's in a little bit different position than in Edmonton. You know, Edmonton's got just over 100 cases. Montreal's got half the cases in Quebec, and Quebec's up around 3,500 cases right mm-hmm. now. Um, all that said, I, 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 I do get the sense since we last talked that you know, maybe we didn't think there was as much. I mean, is reality setting in that we're not going to be able to do anything anyways because it is a gate-driven league until July? Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, I, I'm even uh, a little uh, hesitant to, to put a date on it, period, um, because I, I, I also believe that there's a, a group of people that don't want to even go in July um, okay. or August. Uh, And I I think that there's a real constituency that just wants to say, okay, listen, it is what it is. It is what it is for all sports. uh, And let's get ready for camps in September with fingers and toes crossed that we can go to camp in September. Um, And and, and I think that there's a little bit of that. And I I mean, I think that there's, um, you know, those of us that were more optimistic, obviously, didn't have much of a science degree in high school uh, or university and uh, and didn't know very much and uh, now of uh, reality has set in so from from that perspective uh, i'm not sure july august is an answer either it, it's it's not one of those things that uh, that really we should be concerned about at this point john we had several uh, leaders of western democracies who didn't necessarily understand science because they trusted <laughs> the information that was supplied by the World Health Organization, which at one point, and they took a whole bunch of tweets down, but at one point was tweeting out that this was not transferable from person to person. I, I know you and me, well, I can't speak for you, but I don't, I've been watching this every day here since we got shut down on the 11th, and I go to a, a website uh, that's got coronavirus 
uh, coronavirus updates in terms of internationally and sure. how China China has stayed between 80 to 82,000 uh, cases for the last 15 days. I don't know how that's possible. Well, it, 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 it's easy to do when uh, when you have a central government that can close and tell 780 million people that they are quarantined. Yes, well, that's that's, that's how that's how they did it. Whether, you know, you know, if they've reported the truth is the other. Oh part well, I, hey, that's another conversation. I'm not, I'm not going into this conspiracy theories, Bob. Uh, okay, well, I'll just get my uh, tin foil hat on and that's just say, right. I'm, I mean. A lot of people would suggest to you, John, that there's a very uneasy relationship between the World Health Organization and the Chinese government. I'm mm -hmm. speaking about the Chinese people. There's a difference between the... I'm speaking about the Chinese government. Let's get back to the hockey here. Troy and Leduc text the show, John, and he says, Bob, I hear everyone talking about a playoff and start next year, the full 82-game season. I've really been caught up on the COVID news, and the thing people ain't talking about, and it's a true fact, is that come September or October... This virus could theoretically start all over again, even with a vaccine. And many people wouldn't get the shot because they don't believe in vaccines, which means, of course, the virus would start all over again. Our issue isn't the playoffs of 2020, says Troy and LaDuke. It's the playoffs of 2021. I hate to be that guy, but the facts are the facts, my friend. And we have seen that with other substantial viruses, historically speaking. Sure where you know, there have been a couple that have struck twice or three times during the course of an 18-month window. Well, that's what happened in 1919, right? Right. Uh, so. Yeah, here, here, you know, here's the thing, uh, and I understand and respect what Troy's saying. We just don't know. Um, you know, the, the, the conversation for the last two weeks while we've all been in quarantine has been... You know, flatten the curve, flatten the curve, uh, because we do know that, you know, we do get these pandemics every once in a while, whether it be SARS or H1N1 uh, or COVID-19. Uh, but our health, our health uh, system can handle it. And I'm, when I'm talking our health system, I'm not just talking Canada, I'm talking everywhere. Um, it's, and and that, that's really in many more ways the issue, Bob, is flattening the curve and allowing the health system and, and all those frontliners who have done a remarkable job, giving them an opportunity to save as many people with as much equipment, with PP, proper PPEs as possible. That's what this is all about. It, it, it's, you know, and the vaccine's not coming for at least a year anyway. So let, let's, be, let's be practical about a few things. This is not about, you know, waking up three weeks from now and saying, okay, the pandemic's over. This is about making sure we can control it better and then look after the people that do have it. And at that point, it's at that point that I think we start getting back to some semblance of a regular life. John, you've been involved in negotiations of television deals in the past. Mm -hmm. Would there be a caveat? in the deal for Sportsnet or NBC in the States or Rogers in Canada, where they would not have to pay if something like this were to occur? You know, the, in, in previous deals, um, for instance, in, in lockouts, um, which are, you know, the man-made issues, um, usually what happens is the contract gets rolled over an extra year. Uh, you know, in 1990, or sorry, 2004-05, the season we lost, the contract just got rolled over an extra year. 
um, man, uh, you know, these these human um, catastrophes and disasters are are a different thing. What I can tell you is, and, and I'm not a, I'm not a doctor nor am I a lawyer, uh, but the the clause of force majeure, which if you, you can look it up, it's 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 there's a lot of contracts that have force majeure that are controllable issues uh, out of both sides control um deal with these things but i'm told that that con that does not exist in either contract at this point so i would suspect that sportsnet rogers and nbc comcast uh, are negotiating with the nhl on a regular basis and i would also tell you that that's one of the reasons why uh, the nhl has been reluctant to cancel the season is they're hoping that they can get a playoff done uh, because that would be a lot of revenue that is not necessarily delivered both ways. You know, the game's delivered to the networks and the money delivered to the league. And we've had people text since you kind of suggested that there may be partners in the league that don't think we should be playing in July and uh, August and just say get ready uh, because, you know, it's a gate-driven league. Can you do pay-per-view? Well, obviously, <laughs> that's that's not an option given the fact that Rogers has a pre-existing deal and so does NBC. That's right. Uh, on a national basis, um, if if a game is to be televised in the playoffs, in Canada, Rogers owns it, and in the United States, NBC owns it no matter what. I mean, it's it, everybody's coming up with great ideas, and I'm sure that the, the league has been in consultation with the guys at 30 Rock in New York and at uh, one Jarvis in Toronto uh, to have that discussion about how they, how they what could best manage the situation for both networks. Um, but in the same time, with the uh, public health involved, with the demands of the teams, because the teams, the teams at some point have to have a say uh, whether they want to play in front of empty buildings or not. And I would, t I would tell you right now, I think there's enough teams that would say, listen, we're not interested in playing in front of empty buildings, uh, that that would be an issue. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why we haven't heard a, 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 a formal the season has been cancelled yet from the NHL. I think they're still talking about all these issues. All right, let's switch focus. On the weekend, uh, they replayed Game 6 of the 91 playoff series between Edmonton and Calgary. I actually, I've mentioned this to you before, it's my favorite playoff series in which the Edmonton Oilers didn't win a Stanley Cup, mainly because it was a matchup of the last... Uh, it was like rollerball on ice. Oh, it was, it was, it was that was, that was an unbelievable series. There was. I'd like to. That that really was an unbelievable series, and and it's funny. Right. So, uh, Mark Askin, uh, who uh, is a producer at Hockey Night in Canada, um, produced that series for uh, for the CBC. Uh, obviously, um, most would know if they've listened to the show a lot. I produced the series in 86 um, that was ended with, with the Steve right. Smith goal or the, sorry, the Perry Barazan goal. Um, and Mark and I have this great debate which was a better series. <laughs> no, which it was, was the Steve Smith goal. Yeah, but Mark and I had this, had this argument all the time, which was a better series. Um, and in in my heart, I would like to tell them that the '86 series was better, but the reality was the '91 series uh, from game one was an absolute war, uh, and 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 so much more emotional simply because there were, it was a level playing field. 
By then, both teams had won the Stanley Cup. Obviously, the Oilers more than once. Uh, but the Flames are now they're equal in so many ways. They had they had made it to the the top of the mountain, uh, and so '91 was almost uh, battle of the network stars. And to me, the '91 series was so much so much more entertaining on so many different levels right from game one to when the series ended. Yeah, uh, of course, the Oilers no longer had Wayne Gretzky in 1991. And Mark Messier, people forget this, Mark Messier had two separate injuries in that series. A wrist injury, and a, like everybody plays hurt in the playoffs, but he was clearly hurting. I mean, in Game Seven's actually the full game's available. Uh, you know, you can check it out on YouTube. And that was also kind of the year Essa Tikkanen emerged as uh, a big star in the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, he was an absolute clutch, clutch player during the course of that series. It, it, it's funny. I, uh, 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 every one of the series uh, that Edmonton and Calgary played, there was always one player that stood out. Uh, and when you look back and you think back about the series, whether it was 86 uh, and there's a, a couple of players that stood out for me in 86. The 84 series, by the way, the 84 series, Bob, uh, do, nobody ever talks about. Uh, the 84 series was just as crazy for, in so many ways. The Oilers were just dominant in Game 7, so uh, people forget it. Um, but it, it, Essa Tikkanen, to me, in 91, uh, beyond the goal, uh, was the best player on the ice for both teams for the whole series. And it, it was, yeah. he, I, st I still remember, listen, in 84, Essa was a black ace. 80, in 84, Essa was a black ace, and do, we're doing interviews with him uh, in the dressing room, and he, he was having more fun celebrating the Stanley Cup. And here, there he was seven years later as one of the superstars of the NHL. Yeah, and then he had to get paid that summer. That's when he uttered his Peter Pockleton cheap, cheap, cheap comments. So there you have it. John, uh, that's obviously, uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch here. Uh, lots to follow. Some uh, organizations going to have to make some tough decisions here moving forward as well. Uh, you know, there's 31 uh, privately owned teams in the National Hockey League. The league's already announced, what, 25% cuts for all their staff for the NHL. Uh, Montreal's cut about 20%. In terms of uh, you know salary wise for a lot of their employees, mm -hmm. Florida conversely, uh, Vinny Viola said everybody's going to get paid. Interesting times in the NHL moving forward. Certainly is Bob. It's uh, every time you think you've seen everything, a year like this comes along, and now we're starting from scratch one more time. All right, uh, there you go, and that kind of surmises it perfectly. Thanks, John. Thanks for your time. Have a great day, Bob. Yep, one forty-eight at Edmonton. Want to mention Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, focused on your health and peace of mind. And they're proud to be a part of Ford of Canada's Built to Lend a Hand program, helping their customers through these difficult times. Committed to social responsibility, safety, and supporting their valued clients through flexible financing, online sales, support, and even delivery and mobile service. Find out more about how Brent Ridge Ford is a Built to Lend a Hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. We'll get to a text or two in this day in Oilers history when we return on Oilers Now. <laughs> 
this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 151 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with Chet Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation at Royal Pizza, which remains open during these times, is the Mediterranean Chicken. 151 at Edmonton. Let's go to this day in order's history. It was a big one. Hello, Brendan, you there? Hi, was that my cue? Yeah, okay. Uh, on this day in 1979, the NHL announces the expansion of the league from 17 to 21 teams with the acquisition of four teams from the WHA, Hartford, Winnipeg, Quebec City, and, of course, Edmonton. Do you know who I heard this from? Brian Hall. That's when I heard the news. Back in this day in 1979, that the NHL was expanding from 17 to 21 teams. People forget that. And then you get into the 1981 playoffs against Montreal. The Oilers, by the way, played the Flyers, lost in three straight in 1980. Then during the course of the 80-81 season, the Oilers bombed uh, Montreal 9-1 at home. People forget that before the Oilers played the Canadians. Wayne Gretzky had been quiet in the form in Montreal's first couple of appearances there. He wasn't quiet in two games in the best of five series. He had five assists in game one. Actually, was on the ice with six goal as well. And uh, Andy Moog was good, but the Oilers were quicker and scored six goals twice in the series, and we were off and running. And it was surreal. If you were from northern Alberta at that time, thinking that the Edmonton Oilers were in the National Hockey League and just knocked off the Montreal Canadiens. Epstein's mother has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob and Brendan, what do you think of the news? that Philip Broberg will be staying in Sweden for another season to play for Sheleftia. Brendan, you're going to get the first crack at this one. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I, it just aligns philosophically with what they've been talking about in this. When I say uh, they, I mean the Holland regime with the developmental curve that they want these players to undertake. And uh, I believe in the article that uh, that I read this morning, they're talking about how they want him with that draft capital to come over with a little offensive ability. So if they're not comfortable after one year with where he's at, that's a pretty good league for him to go get a little bit more experience in that field. That's what I think. What do you think? Uh, assuming everything's up and running by next fall, do you know what events here in December and January? The World Junior Championship. And who would be a key part of Team Sweden on that team? If not their captain. That's right, Philip Roberg. So to me, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't think there is – I think we've seen after – and Broberg against an eighth overall pick. He's a defenseman. Sometimes it takes D – I mean, Alex Petrangelo was the fourth overall pick. He went back to junior twice. Uh, it turned out all right. The Oilers will take two-thirds of that in terms of the offensive production of Broberg. I mean, I, the hope, obviously, is that Philip Broberg becomes a legit top-four left-shot NHL defenseman moving forward. You heard Dave Tippett today. I, I found Dave's comments pretty interesting. 
when he talked about the fact that you know we're well positioned. Uh, there's there's some real good fun uh, foundational building blocks with the hockey club. Again, Reed Wilkins will replace some of Dave's comments tonight. Coming up on Inside Sports, he'll also Leon Drysaddle did an availability role. Replay some of those clips tomorrow on Oilers Now, but Reed will have some of that tonight as well. Anything else going on with Reed's show tonight? Yeah, you betcha. You. You're going to hear from the voice of the Golden State Warriors, the radio broadcast, Tim Roy, and on. Uh Eskimos GM and Vice President of Football Operations, Brock Sunderland, will also be on the show. CFL pushing back their season. We are indeed in uh, very challenging times. That's an absolute given. Mark Spector will be on tomorrow's show as well for Horse Racing Alberta. And at some point, we'll get a bit of an update on what's happening with the Edmonton Oil Kings moving forward. Uh, They had their U.S. draft. They got their WHL Bantam draft up shortly as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell followed by the 630 Chad's afternoons with Jayla and I. So long everybody from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.